series, Tell Me Why. And uh, this week, we are diving into a question that I'm really excited to get to talk about um, and, and use this ladder that I have up here on stage. And the question is, why Jesus? We're, uh, we are going to, we're going to take a look at uh, a couple of the other major world religions, and we're going to look at how they compare with Christianity and why choose Jesus? Why Christianity? What is the difference and kind of what this whole thing is about? And to do that, Luke, I feel really echoey. I would love it if I could not feel echoey. That'd be great. Um, where we're going to start is with this ladder. And um, the reason I have the ladder up on stage is because I think of a ladder. Would you guys call a ladder a tool? I was trying to think of how to like, like tools, I think of like hammers, like power drills, but a ladder is kind of a tool, right? You, you have a problem, and you use the ladder, and that's like the solution to that problem. So for instance, a problem a ladder would solve would be what? Heights, Heights yes. Reaching something up high. Perfect. And uh, when I think of a, a problem of needing to get up high, I think of my dad once a year, he power washes our house, and instead of paying somebody... This year is the first year in 25 years of being in that house. He paid somebody else to do it. Normally, my brothers and I had to do it. And one year, my brother, we rock, paper, scissored. He had to go up on the roof and do, like, the siding on the second story. And uh, he put the ladder down. We did not have a beautiful A-frame like this one. We just had one of those, you know, straight ladders. He put it up against the edge, put the other end on the deck, and started climbing up there with the um, power washer hose to do the siding. And... The problem, he needed to get up to the top of the roof. The solution, use the ladder. The problem with this uh, simple solution, the problem with a ladder to get high is that there are other circumstances. It's not as easy as just climbing the rungs, right? You have to think about what you're putting the ladder on. And so my brother put it on the deck, like I said, but he had also just finished power washing the deck. So the deck was slick. So he put it down. My brother, big guy, he played offensive line in high school. He gets to the top of the ladder, is about to take his foot off and step on the roof, and the ladder just goes whoop right out from under him, and thankfully, the grill was there to catch his fall. Now, my brother was okay. He was a little bruised. The grill, sadly, that was the grill's last day. Um, <laughs> but I tell you this uh, because I think as we look at the question, why Jesus, as we look at these other religions and kind of figure out the difference between Christianity and them, I want to use this idea of a ladder, uh, and I want to use the idea of using the ladder to get to, uh, to up high, right, to, to solve a problem, and this being the thing you're using to solve the problem. So I need a volunteer. I promise I'm not going to make you do anything embarrassing. Miller, great. I saw your hand first. No grills. This is an A-frame. You should be very safe. I'll hold it. I'll hold. I love that you just assumed he was going up the ladder. He is, but besides one. Okay, so Miller is going to help us be a visual demonstration. Okay? Not yet. Don't go anywhere yet. I'll tell you when to go. Okay, so the first religion we're going to look at is Buddhism. I'm not going to go into, like, a, a deep dive intricate like lecture on all these religions I could have that was my extra 20 minutes if you guys didn't want a water balloon but I'm not going to I promise so it's going to sound real simplistic it's just to get it's trust me there's more but I, I don't feel like you don't need to dive into it right now so Buddhism they have this thing 
It is called the Four Noble Truths. And the Four Noble Truths of Buddhism, uh, one of the truths is something called the Eightfold Path. And those two things essentially are a way to get up the ladder of Buddhism, so to speak. So do you have the little picture? Luke? I'm just going to yell Luke. It's one of them. Okay, so if a religion is a ladder, right, if we're thinking about the ladder as a metaphor, Miller, I called you up so early, and I'm so sorry. Just hang with me. If a religion is a ladder, and we're at the bottom, and our goal is to get to the top of that ladder, in Buddhism, the top of the ladder would be something called nirvana or enlightenment. And the way you walk up the steps of the ladder of Buddhism to get to nirvana, to enlightenment, is by following the eightfold path, the four noble truths. So let's say Miller is, yeah. is a Buddhist. Miller, yeah. Okay. And he's living his life. And he's following the eightfold path. And he's doing a great job. And he's crushing it. Miller, start taking some steps slowly up the ladder. Yeah, hold up two hands. Making me nervous. Okay. And he's doing a great job. But Miller gets to a later point in his life. And he makes some mistakes. And he stops following the path. And now Miller has to come down a step. And in Buddhism, they have reincarnation. So Miller, he finishes this life, and he has not reached nirvana. So in his next life, because of he did that bad thing right at the end, he starts even lower on the ladder. Come on down, Miller. Come on down one more. And now you have so much farther to go than where you were in the last thing. But then, in this life, Miller crushes it, and he scampers on up through the eightfold path. It's this, you know, I'm just ladder metaphors here. And I'm not going to make you all the way up. When you get to the ceiling, there you go. And he made it, and he did it. Congrats, Miller. You did it. You did it. All right. That's good. You're done. That was it. I just wanted you to go up and down the ladder. Um, okay. Miller, you crushed it. So we got that, right? Miller reached enlightenment, nirvana, by following the steps of the Eightfold Path, climbing the metaphorical ladder of Buddhism. Great. I'm not going to make somebody do that for all of them because that will be time-consuming. But Hinduism, next thing, Hinduism has these things called the four purisarthas, right? And very similarly to Buddhism, Hinduism's goal, their top of the ladder, is something called moksha, which is breaking the reincarnation cycle, okay? So same thing. If you're following these, the purisarthas and you're going up and you're doing great, as soon as you make a mistake, you come back down one. As soon as you don't follow exactly what this uh, way of life, the, the mantra of Hinduism, the way the rules are laid out and followed, you take that step down. And only by following it perfectly can you reach the top of the ladder. Islam has the Quran. There are five pillars of Islam. And Islam, Judaism, and Christianity, all they're called Abrahamic. Uh, so there's a lot of overlap but um, in, in similarities. But Islam, essentially the top of theirs, right? Paradise. For those who have followed the Quran, who have followed the five pillars, and everybody else goes, you know, in this metaphor, I guess, be like under the stage, right? You, you get what I'm saying? And then Judaism has commandments. There's 613 laws in the Old Testament. You would be able to get to heaven by performing ritual sacrifices of atonement. You would get into heaven by following the law, by atoning for your sins through this act of sacrifice, and that is how you reach the top of the ladder for Judaism. If you don't do it exactly right, perfectly right, there's no way you have a shot at getting to the top of the ladder. All of these religions seek an end goal to climb the ladder by doing something. They have a thing, a hoop for you to jump through, steps for you to take 
to get to the top of the ladder. But Christianity is different. Jesus is different. And so we're going to look at the beginning of the Gospel of John, and we're going to see kind of how John portrays Jesus as he's trying to explain in the beginnings of his gospel why you as the reader, why the people listening to him as he had written it back in the first century, why they should choose Jesus. Same question that we're asking why Jesus today. And as we go through that, we'll see at the end of this passage, we're looking at why Jesus is different and why that is such a big deal. So John chapter one, uh, verses one through five. I need to angle this a little bit so I can read. I did not bring, I didn't write it down. So John chapter one, verses one through five, we'll start there. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. Without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. So a couple of things that I wanted to point out from this section here, uh, and I call this section of John chapter one, these first five verses, I think that John is kind of laying out this idea of who the creator is, right? So next slide there, Luke. Gonna need you to put a better lieutenant on that computer there. Um, so he's looking at the, we're looking at the creator, right? And so you saw that he's setting up this idea of the word, that whole first verse, the word was with God, the word was God, the word was there as God created the world. And it's paralleling the beginning of Genesis, because all the people hearing this would have known the Old Testament very vividly. Um, in verse 3, the word that we are getting translated as made uh, is create, created, actually. And in the Greek, they have something called the perfect tense. And so John is using, uh, he was an English major. John is using fancy English tense, uh, Greek tenses to let you know it's the perfect tense, meaning that the word creating, the created was complete. He wasn't just creating, he hadn't just created, it was a completion of creation. And uh, in the fourth verse, the phrase, in him was life, letting you know that, that not just to take the word from verse one, that the word was there at the creation, but not, not just the world was created, but life, you, me, the plants, everything that's breathing, anything that is alive, comes from the word. The word is being associated with the creator. Next section of John chapter one is talking about the creation. So we have the creator. Now he's gonna let us know how the creator and the creation interact. So skipping ahead to verse nine, he writes, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. So in this section, we're talking about the creation. And I think it's interesting that he underlines, I, I, I underlined, that John's pointing out he was in the world, and the world was made through him. Repeating what was in that first section. And yet, the world did not know him. I think that's kind of sad. I think it's tragic even how, how the world that was created by the creator did not know it was him, even though he was walking around saying it was. And this is John alluding to Jesus. He hasn't quite gotten to this point yet, but I just, just looking ahead, I think that that 
It's so sad. And he goes on to continue. Um, He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. And uh, this is, if you knew the Old Testament, as a lot of the listeners to this would have, you would have known uh, this passage in the Psalms. This passage in the Psalms where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. And uh, anybody who's, anybody a builder in here? Probably not. Couple hands, don't believe you. Uh, Minecraft builder, respect. I like that. Then a lot of builders. But a cornerstone uh, would be one of the most important stones going into this building. And this Psalms passage here, this Psalms passage here, is making a reference to, have you ever heard Jesus referred to as the cornerstone, right? The stone that the builders rejected. The creation did not know him, did not know the creator was there, did not know him. I just think that's so sad. And again, they're reemphasizing the the role of creator and creation. Jesus as the cornerstone. And then we know it's Jesus. The readers of John would not have been quite there yet until this next section of John chapter 1, verse 14 and on, the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. And then uh, I'm going to jump down to 17 uh, just for time's sake. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side. He has made him known. And so we saw the creator, we have saw the creation and how that interacted with the creator. And then John jumps in and says this, it's so important of a phrase, and the word became flesh. And I think that this is the conclusion. And it's going to help us give an answer to the question of why Jesus, what sets Jesus and Christianity apart from those other religions of climbing the ladder by following the rules. And it's that line, honestly, right there in verse 14, the word became flesh. That same word that we saw in verse 1, that same word that was there at the beginning, that walked among the creation and they did not know who he was, that same word became flesh. The creator became that which he created. And the answer to the question of why Jesus is that Jesus is the only one from any faith that came down off the top of the ladder. The word became flesh. In every other religion, you have to follow the rules. You take a step at a time. You hope you don't slip and and miss one law or one rule or one way to think, and you come sliding all the way back down. But Jesus, he left. The word became flesh and came down, back down to the bottom so that we might join him at the top of the ladder. And that... That verse 17 right here, I think is so important. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The law, still important, right? The, the rules, the code of ethics, the way to live, how to best uh, uh, follow Jesus, still important things. And the law, it reveals sin, but it does not remove sin. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. And I think a lot of us, we hear the word grace all the time, but we might not know exactly what it means. And so there's two words that often get confused. You have mercy and you have grace. And I have a slide that Luke's on his phone not paying attention. Brother, get away from the computer if you're not going to do it. 
I've had a day. Mercy and grace. You don't have this line? There it is. All right. Give me some mercy and grace. Here we go. Um, all right. So mercy, not giving something that is deserved. So for example, it would be giving mercy so that even though I think that maybe Luke deserves to be yelled at, I won't. I'll say, it's no big deal, Luke. It's okay. I'm just, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. But grace is on that receiving end. It's getting something not deserved. And so Jesus shows us mercy by coming down the ladder, but we receive grace. We get something that we do not deserve. And what is it that we receive through grace? John tells us right there in verse 18 if you go back to that, that section with verse 18 in it. No one has ever seen God, the only God who is at the Father's side, but he has made him known. We get through grace the opportunity to know Jesus. And through that relationship, we are freed from that sin, freed uh, the, the, from the sin that the law reveals but cannot cleanse us of. That's what we get. That's what we receive. That's what this grace is. That's what makes Jesus, that's what makes Christianity so different from the others. Jesus came down the ladder. He gives us this gift of being able to reach the top. No matter if you follow the rules, no matter if you make one mistake or ten mistakes, Jesus is, through grace, is able to have a relationship with us. And with that relationship, he gets to carry us. He, he carries us right back up the ladder. It's an incredible thing. And uh, one of the things about English is that English doesn't do as well as other languages of having uh, multiple verbs or words that means the same thing. So, for example, Greek has seven words that mean that we'd all, we would translate as love, but they have seven different words with different like, nuances of the word that we know as love. Hebrew has seven words for praise. If you're reading uh, the Old Testament in Hebrew, there you could read praise seven different times in seven different ways, and they could all mean seven slightly different things. But to us, in English, we'd only get praise. Uh, English is, is a limited language. Uh, and Spanish has even more words for, for things like this. And in Spanish, who took Spanish? Who's in Spanish right now? We got some Spanish? I, di I didn't need you to prove it. I promise. I didn't need you to prove it. All right. In Spanish, we're talking about relationships. We're talking about this relationship with Jesus getting, what does it say? He has made him known. So in Spanish, who knows what the ver two verbs for to know? No. Yeah? Saber and conocer. That's right, Max. Excellent. <laughs> Guys. So, in Spanish... You have two, you got the two verbs, to know, saber and conocer. And saber means to know, they both mean to know, but it means to know a fact or a learned skill. I know how to do something. I know how to climb a ladder or write my name, okay? But you would use conocer to know or express familiarity. You would use it as I am very familiar with this person, with this idea with this God. The religions we looked at earlier, all of these paths up to a ladder, they deal with facts, rules, histories, laws. They deal with saber, right? 
That's how you make your way up the ladder. You know facts. You know things. But with Christianity, you conocer. You know Jesus. You're allowed to know him with familiarity, with love, more than just the rest of the laws and rules and paths in order to get to eternal life at the top of the ladder. Jesus came down the ladder so that we might join him at the top. And there's a quote that I really like um, and, and that uh, is hitting me a little different today uh, than when I wrote this yesterday. Um, and it's by Arthur Miller, and it, it says, the majority of our lives is spent chasing things that rust. And I think, and I think as, we, as we think about this idea of why Jesus, why Christianity what are we doing in our lives uh, to, to take advantage of this grace, to take advantage of this relationship that we are able to have with him? We're, we're not doing a lot, if we're honest with ourselves, are we? We're chasing things that rust. We're not seeking after the God who came down off of the ladder. He's down here with us, seeking out a relationship with us, and we are chasing things that rust, that don't matter so the question we started out tonight with was, why Jesus? And he makes himself known to us so we can spend eternity with him. And it doesn't sound as, and if it's not sounding as important as it should right now, um, I, like, I, we, we just had a funeral this afternoon for a 20-year-old, a 20-year-old who I've known since I was four, since he was four, I've known him. And we went, I went to his funeral three hours ago. And I think if we're not more concerned with what Jesus can do, what the relationship with him can do, and we're chasing these things that rust, that don't matter, and we know, the sad thing is we know they don't matter, uh, I think we're just wasting our time. Um, and so that is not how I meant to end that, but that's where we landed. So I'm going to pray for us, and then Alan will come up, and we'll break out into small groups. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for coming down that ladder. God, we love you. Uh, we, we know, maybe we don't know, but please open our eyes tonight as we discuss this idea of what grace means, of what relationship with you means, of how important it is that you, unlike any other God or religion that is out there, came down for us, did not just leave us to fail in a set of rules, in a set of laws, but you came down to ensure that we would spend eternity at the top of the ladder with you. God, we love you so much. Be with every person here. Be with every leader as we, as we lead through this discussion tonight. God, we love you and we praise you. And all God's people said, amen.